Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing equality and innovation back to black, indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They are literally leading the way. And today we are talking about that with both food and the body and the emotions, eating intuitively, food freedom. We have the wonderful Sloan Elizabeth on here today. She is a food freedom coach and holistic wellness expert who helps women stop dieting, obsessing, restricting, and stressing over food so they can experience food freedom. She uses a unique and powerful combination of science and spirituality, which we love here, to help her clients eat with love and intuition. Sloan is also a published author and has been featured in Food Network, The Doctors, and Authority Magazine, and more. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Sloan. Thank you so much, Lauren. It is an honor to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And I'm just realizing if you guys are watching on YouTube, I have a black sh- top on and a black mic. She's got a white mic and a white top on. We're color coordinating today. You know, it's going to be a good show. When we're- <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's the little things, everybody. But I, you know, I started health coaching almost 10 years ago now. And I, even in the hot coaching world, there's so many like restrictions and like what's good and what's bad. And like, people just want like a set of rules, right? It's, they want, it's like this rigid thing instead of learning to use this as an opportunity to listen to their body and their intuition. And that changes day to day throughout the month, throughout your lifetime. And I would love to hear like your own journey, like how I'm sure you have your own heroine's healing journey of how you got into helping other people really tap into understanding what food freedom truly is. Absolutely. I did. And it's so funny that you mentioned the rules and, you know, everybody just wants steps A through Z. And I think that's part of the larger issue that we've been conditioned to stop trusting ourselves and instead put our trust and power in something outside of ourselves, whether that's a meal plan or an exercise plan or number on the scale or, you know, receiving external gratification from someone else. So yes, it's, it's all the things and it's the control and the perfectionism and 
that. Um, and that was what happened for me too. I had a very normal, healthy, fine relationship with food in my body growing up, which I was really grateful for. Never really thought about food in a negative way until I went through my quote second puberty. So it was when I was 17 and my body actually started looking like a woman, even though I had already gotten my period. And I just had posted about this on Instagram and TikTok recently, and it blew up because I think that so many young women also don't know or don't fully understand that even if you get your period, that doesn't mean that your body is fully developed yet or that your brain is fully developed yet. So that was the case for me. I didn't know that was going to happen. And so I gained weight and my, my body filled out and things started changing. And I thought that was wrong. I thought I was doing something wrong. So I was like, where is this coming from? It seemed so random. So I was always like a math and science kind of girl. So that took me to Google and Pinterest, obviously like the most scientific sources, right? But I was trying to understand nutrition. I really was. And so I started implementing all of these micro rules and it basically turned into orthorexia where I just wanted to be as clean, as healthy as possible also perfectionist coming into play there. I realized, oh my gosh, I this is going to snowball into a full-on eating disorder if I don't actually heal, if I don't get a handle on this. So it was a couple years of me struggling, but also trying to figure out like how to heal, what to do to feel better in my body, to feel better physically, but also of course mentally and emotionally. And so I was learning the science. I was learning the truth about glucose metabolism in my pre-med classes in college. And I was learning the truth about nutrition and macros and micros and all the things. And it was helping for sure. But logically knowing information is not the same as like trusting that information and believing it fully. So it really wasn't until I allowed myself to open up my spirituality and accept my spiritual side and dive deeper into that, that things started to click. And I realized, oh, this was never about food. This is about control, therefore surrender. And this is about my relationship with my higher self and my intuition, AKA like this sixth sense that my soul has. So that's where the science and the spirituality came into play. And I had heard about intuitive eating. I actually, this is so funny. I like randomly sat in on like a networking session that was hosted by one of the authors of the intuitive eating book. And they, and I was like a college student, just, you know, shadowing basically. And they were like, Oh, have you read the intuitive eating book? I was like, uh, no. And she was like, here's the workbook. Like you should, you should look into this. Like, this is my book. And so I started looking into it and it's awesome for sure. And they talk about intuition without actually addressing spirituality, which for me was a really big red flag. That's why I created my own method, which is definitely like a sister to intuitive eating, but it's called eating with love and intuition. And that's the method that I now teach all of my clients. Love, 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 love that journey. Cause that was so parallel to mine. And so many of us listening can relate to that. And I've found like in my journey, I've just, my body's been super sensitive to things, whether it's food or allergies, but it was literally my body telling myself to take a deeper look in. And that includes 
intuitive eating. Like a few years ago, I didn't eat sugar for years, cut out gluten for years. And it was like, you know, it was almost to the orthorexia point too. And I was like, okay, if I truly believe what I believe spiritually and the power of the mind and knowing if I want to eat a freaking bagel, eat the freaking, you know, like being present in the power of my mind body connection, I started to take a look and like, I know now intuitively when I need to like kind of clean it up, you know, cut down the gluten, cut down the little dairy that I do eat of the caffeine when my body is going through more of an upgrade because I know it needs extra support. But like today for breakfast, I, we, we had an everything bagel in the fridge and let me tell you, it was the most delicious, glutinous, Uh scrumptious thing and and I fully ate it and I was present with it and I just thanked it for its delectable nutrition like you know just being in the moment and I think for a lot of us we can get mainstream can get caught up with just being stuck in the like gluten is bad for me the strict rules and then realizing after we step out of this, like you said, it's this whole spiritual journey of learning to listen to us ourselves in a different way. So with my, that rant aside, somebody who maybe is already eating healthy and is kind of scared to, you know, be able to, oh my God, like gluten or sh- mm-hmm. a little bit of sugar or whatever, yeah. How, how can we combine this intuitive eating with love, wisdom, into kind of pulling back from that orthorexia into this more homeostasis of really allowing ourselves to pleasure? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Lauren, I love what you said about the multidimensionality of food, right? Because food is pleasure. Food is nutrition. Food is medicine. Food is culture. Food is social. It gets to be all of it. And I have for sure found with myself and with my clients that if you eat a bagel from a place of fear, the bagel isn't even going to serve you as well as it could. You're not going to digest it as well. You're not going to feel energized by the glucose that you're now getting to make all that ATP. And my client in the Food Freedom Collective just shared this too about, I think it was like bread or I think it was a bagel actually. And she was like, when I actually ate it from a place of love, I didn't feel slumped down after eating that like big filling bagel. I felt so energized because I was thanking the glucose and thanking the energy from the carbs and celebrating that. And I had the most productive day I've had in a while. So I believe part of that is our mindset, but I also believe a big part of it is energy, kind of like how crystals, okay, maybe there's placebo effect, maybe it's our mindset, but also crystals are energetic and food is energetic too. And I believe that we can alchemize our food to match our vibrations. So if you're thinking, okay, I know that there's this food that maybe isn't the most nutrient dense food and it brings me pleasure. Well, the fact that that food can bring you pleasure is loving and magical and healthy, right? Like if you eat that ice cream with your loved ones or on the couch with your favorite TV show and you let that be such a beautiful, happy experience, your body is going to know how to deal with that sugar. And it's probably going to deal with the sugar and balance your blood sugar a lot better and easier than if you're feeling so guilty and you're rethinking it all and now you feel regret and now you're 
throwing away all the ice cream so that you avoid it for the next two weeks. Like that added stress mentally, but also physiologically is going to make it a lot more difficult to deal with the food. A hundred, ten thousand percent. And when you were talking about the alchemizing and the, the crystals of it, I thought of Dr. Emoto and the research he did with water, water. and talking yes. to the water, right? It's like the crystals actually change. If you're speaking this high vibrational, loving thing to the water, they're this beautiful, fractal, symmetrical designs. And then if you're speaking these lower vibrational hate, anger, it's just, there's no symmetry at all. And guess yeah. what? What We're over 70% water. So what are we saying to ourselves? What are we saying to our food? Exactly what you just said. I literally teach that to my clients. Like I have his YouTube videos <laughs> in the curriculum. Oh my gosh. Such alignment. I love it. Uh, and, and for me, what you just said reminded me, like if I was at an event, whether it's a party or like kind of a networking or like a retreat or something, I would used to get so stressed out because there'd be like no food options. You know, what am I going to do? Sometimes I pack my food, but also just being like, okay, this is what I have to eat right now and blessing it. Just like exactly what you said, this is enough. This is going to nourish me and make me have enough energy to pay attention and, you know, be my best self. And, and knowing that we have the power to do that is so, is amazing. We really do. Absolutely. And I also want to circle back to what you said, Lauren, about like cleaning up, quote, cleaning up your diet. And, you know, I think that that is totally fine as long as the intention is genuinely from a place of love. So similar to you, my body doesn't handle gluten super well. And I've done a lot of experimenting because I wanted to understand, okay, what actually are my symptoms and how does my body actually respond? And so I realized that I, my, it doesn't hurt my stomach. It just makes me break out mostly on the right side of my face. That's what it is. It's not that bad, but that's what happens. So if I'm at a restaurant and the bread looks really good and I want that piece of bread and it's going to fill me up with love, beautiful. I will eat it mindfully. I will enjoy it. I will thank the bread. And if I get a few pimples, okay, I'm not going to complain, right? I'm not in victim mode. I'm in empowered mode. Like, yeah, this is okay. And thankfully my body has a detox system and it'll, it'll clear up. It'll, it'll handle this. And I think it was last weekend or like 10 days ago where I went out like three nights in a row and there was gluten and there was some dairy and I just went for it because it felt good. It wasn't going to hurt my stomach, whatever. And then I realized, okay, now I have like six little marks on my face and this no longer really feels loving. I can tell that my body needs like a little bit of a reset. So then the next, or I don't even love the word reset, but it just needs a pause from the gluten so that it can process and heal. Okay, fine. And so when I now, let's say, go to a restaurant and, you know, I'm aiming to not eat the thing that's going to harm my body, instead of saying no gluten, no bread, Sloan, avoid that. Don't do that. It's okay. I'm making a choice to say yes to my skin. And that yes is the forefront. If it's a yes to my skin, therefore it's a no to the bread for today or the gluten, right? So, okay, that's fine. And I know that I can have 
gluten. I can have bread later if I want to. I also have tons of gluten-free bread in my freezer. But that loving yes, saying yes to my skin, saying yes to my digestive system, that is at the forefront. That's how we can say no to things without it being a restriction. Because too many people think that food freedom means say yes to everything and like eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And like, that's it. Just like, yes, yes, yes. That's not always the most loving for your physical body, let alone your mental and your spiritual body. So that's a little mindset shift that hopefully some listeners can take away too. Oh, for sure. And yeah, you described it so beautifully, so simple. So, so, you know, realize, okay, when it means to pull back from a loving place out of abundance, out of love versus out of restriction or lack. Yeah. And for me, energetically, when I'm going through something emotionally or big changes in my life, and I notice that, you know, my body is reacting to that, that I have to, a loving place, listen, truly listen, what does my body need to be supported? Sometimes that is to to eat the bagel, and sometimes it's not, you know, and it's it's tuning in. Like, I used to um, drink celery juice all the time, and then it, and it was really helpful. I switched, I, t- I cut out caffeine for, like, almost two years, and this is recently, and I, I understood the intuitive eating side of everything, and then slowly I just was like, I don't think my body needs this every day. Like, whatever it was doing, because I was healing my body at the time, really supporting it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to back down. And it's been probably nine, 10 months. And I just had a celery juice the other day, felt great, but I don't need it every day as a crutch. And obviously I see a lot of people with caffeine and myself included. Now I'm cutting down on the caffeine because it's huge for people and sugar. I understand. I'm literally addicted. If I start like I'm at the point if I start drinking caffeine, it's like I need it every day, just one mm-hmm. cup. But I have to take a, a look at it from a place of why do I need it? Is it because it's a loving thing that I can be present with and it's like really nourishing and fueling my body? Or is this what was happening recently? It was coming from a place of because I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I was playing a victim in some parts of my life and I was using it to mask over those feelings, like people call it their happy juice. So for me, I was like, pull this layer back, what's underneath, let's do some emotional, spiritual work. Some people might be hearing saying, no caffeine, what is she talking about? Not forever, just for right now, as the things are coming up, so I can honor and love what's coming up as it's coming up. And I, it flows, ebbs and flows for me, And I think for some people, it's hard to, because like the diet culture, meal planning, I I was vegan for a large majority of my life. There's these labels that we put on everything. And could you, I mean, you can speak to whatever I just talked about, but I also wanted to to dive into like intuitive eating versus like the 80-20 rule and meal planning. Because like, I like to kind of like, I don't like to waste my food if I buy my groceries. So there is a balance, right? (laughs) Yep, 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 for sure. So with the labels, I try to stay away from labels as well. Even that's additionally why I'm not obsessed with the phrase or the label intuitive eating because 
let's say that you call yourself an intuitive eater. Like, I'm Sloan and I'm an intuitive eater. Okay, what happens if tomorrow I, for whatever reason, am kind of eating mindlessly and I'm not actually being genuinely intuitive? Then does that mean I failed today? Does that mean that I was an intuitive eater yesterday and today I'm not? Like, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think we need it. Whereas eating with love and intuition, the main verb is eating. Whether I'm eating mindfully or me eating mindlessly, I'm still eating and I'm aiming for love and intuition. Is it always with love and intuition? For me at this point, probably, you know, 90% of the time, but not, it's not a hundred percent. Yeah. So I, you can't like, none of my clients will be like, I am an eating with love and intuition or like, no, <laughs> right? Like I have a beautiful relationship with food. I eat with love and intuition. Cool. And I eat smoothies for breakfast sometimes. Like, you know, it, it's no longer a label. So with, you know, the balance of planning versus being spontaneous, 80-20. So with planning, something that I recommend for my clients who are busy, who have schedules, who have kids, or maybe, you know, shop for just one person, don't want to waste, I say, okay, perhaps there, you know the five things that you want to make for dinner this week. Okay, do you have to plan that salmon is going to be on Monday and pasta is going to be on Tuesday? No, right? Because things will last in the fridge. So I know generally what ingredients I have for the week, but I get to mix and match which dinner I'm going to make on which night based on my intuition, what I'm feeling, or maybe the night before I do a little bit of prep. I also use the freezer a lot. So let's say I get something and I'm like, well, if I'm not going to be in the mood for it for the next two days, I should freeze it and then defrost it if I'm going to make it on Friday. Okay, cool. Just freeze it right? There's a lot of ways to quickly defrost things. So some people will say, but I have to put it out in the morning or the night before. Okay. You can put something frozen in some room temperature water or warm water for like 20 minutes, whatever it is, right? We'll, we'll change the time and then it's ready to go. So there's a lot of ways to use the freezer and be smart that way. And also know, okay, let's say you planned on making tacos and then you don't actually feel like tacos, you're not really in the mood. Could you use those ingredients and make something else? Probably, right? Like you have a pantry, there's probably some staples in there. So there's a lot more variety and there's a lot more room for spontaneity than I think most people think about. So that's where I'm at with like meal planning, meal prepping. Um, with meal prepping, I would say I like to prep components of food. So instead of making one meal times three, I'll make a pot of rice and I'll make a couple proteins and I'll roast a couple of veggies and I keep the seasoning very simple. And then I get to mix and match, add like a sauce or a dressing. That way you can use the same ingredients and have something Italian and you can have something Mexican and you can have something Asian, right? Just by adding a few sauces and toppings. So that's how I like to do things logistically for prepping and planning. Such in the flow and, and open to the change of life and receiving what's best for you. And it's really, when you, when you said, do these five meals need to be on a certain day? To me, I was like, no, of course not. But then I'm thinking, 
there probably was a time in my life I would have said the exact opposite, in all yeah. honesty, because it's such a symptom of the root cause of addressing the control and the anxiety that we have in life is the food and what we eat is totally tied to that. So how can we, I mean, whether it's orthorexia or not, like how can we, I guess addressing the food, but maybe even the deep, deeper spiritual side of it, how can we start to a little bit unpack that and like lessen the, the grip? Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, that is where I start with all of my clients. We don't start with the food at all. We start with those subconscious root limiting beliefs because those beliefs, whether it's about food or about perfectionism or about feeling lovable, those beliefs are subconscious. Most of the time, most of us are not fully aware of what those subconscious beliefs are, but they control like 90% of our reality. And based on those beliefs, we have thought patterns and we have feelings. Those thought patterns and feelings drive us to take action. So if you're saying, well, I want to stop the action of binge eating. I want to stop the action of tracking my calories. I want to stop the action of planning Monday through Friday dinners. Okay. If we just give you the action plan to change, we're playing at the top of the iceberg and the entire base of the iceberg is below the surface. So we start with the subconscious beliefs. That's where we do the rewiring. And I would say for most people who come to me, there's like four or five main roots that I see. It's self-love and self-worth. It's trust, just in general. It's safety, huge one that people are so not aware of. Um, And it's control and perfectionism. Those are like the four or five. And so we do a deep process of exploration to understand, well, what are your subconscious limiting beliefs because you're not fully aware of them yet, but that's where we start. And then the beautiful thing is that, of course, it positively impacts and changes your relationship with food and it changes everything else in your life. Because if you're a control freak with food, probably a control freak in your relationships or at work or at school. So you're going to see the the results and the shifts there too. That makes so much sense. Like all the emotions and subconscious root beliefs you talked about literally are like the lower three chakras, which is your human self, your actual body. And food is a symptom. Like you, you're human. You need to eat yeah. food. I know yeah. there are some breathitarians out there that are pretty far out there, but 99.9% of us need to eat food yeah. <laughs> yes. in order to survive. And it's just a vehicle for your healing. And that is literally why this show is your body and your emotions are not in the way they are leading the way. Like everything is happening for you. We really like to overcomplicate it. Right. But like something is something we might take for granted of something as simple that we do every single day, eating multiple times a day can heal you, not the actual food, but it is the symptom of what's really going on underneath, which is why I feel so alive and I'm so excited for you to be on here is because this is what we all need right now to tap into that higher part of ourselves to love and to feel and to heal and have this little girl, this human part of us to be seen in order to step into that higher self. And food can be a vehicle. 
I know it is for so many people and it's just that you're so right, Lauren, it is a vehicle. And I will say that nutrition still plays a role here. Like the science is still important, right? So that we can feel as empowered and as physically healthy as possible. And I've seen tons of women kind of reach the same place of living with love and intuition through healing their relationship with dating and men or women and through healing their relationship with their sexuality and their sensuality or just like their confidence and their voice and their throat chakra and it all leads us to I think a very similar place of just living with love and intuition like living our best lives possible and us being the leaders like that's the goal and it just so happens that I help people who need to start with the food yeah 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 so beautiful so in terms I know we I love talking woo I love go, you know going witchy with it but in terms of like basic nutrition and science you know without the labels without the guilt without the rules yes. can we just kind of do like a very short like here here it is just some some uh I, I'm like hesitant I don't know words because I don't want to say guidelines even I'm just like what what are how can we approach this from a loving yeah. and intuitive way yeah and that's a kind of a good question like they're not guidelines really they're not principles they're not rules we could say they're themes we could say they're ideas um so what whatever feels good for everybody right but I believe that we need we need all the macros, right? So carbohydrates, yes, we need them. When you look at the recommendation for the percentage that you know each macro contributes to your diet, they are humongous ranges, like really, really large ranges. Carbohydrates, it's like 40-ish to 65%. 25% margin is like massive, right? For protein, it's like 10 to... 30%, like massive, right? Fat, it's around the same, like 10 to 25 or something like that. Those are massive ranges. So it means that we need all three of them and the proportion that's perfect for your body on this day, on this week of the month is going to shift. But we need all of the macros. We, I like to think about plates in terms of carbs, starch, those sorts of foods, protein, whether it's a plant protein or an animal protein, and fats, especially edible fats, like not oil. I love oil. And edible fats, like avocado, nut seeds, fats that you can chew on are really what help us feel satiated. So I love to see that in a meal, um, as well as fiber, which comes from, you know, the plants and the seeds and things like that. I also find that blood sugar balancing is a really kind of easy framework to look at nutrition through because it means that if you're eating carbs, which hopefully you are, then the protein and the fat helps to regulate that blood sugar spike. It helps to kind of slow everything down, keep you full for longer so that you don't feel the up and then the down. So again, it's mixing your carbs with your proteins and your fats. Um, I also believe in basing our meals on plants. I'm not vegan, but I believe that plant-based makes a lot of sense, like basing the meal in color, in fruits and vegetables. So that's also a very foundational thing. It's not a rule. There are times where perhaps I just want like plain pasta and that's it and that's perfect. 
Most of the time, though, when I'm eating with love and intuition, supporting my physical, mental, and spiritual body, I want all of it. I want the pasta with maybe some protein and some avocado or olives and some vegetables. And, and that's it. Um, so it does actually get to be very simple. When you get into like the biochemistry and all the different pathways, that's when it starts to get complicated. And for most people, thankfully, it can actually be very simple. Yeah, you would lose me. If we go deeper than that, I mean, I whoosh, over my head. But yeah, we well, were just talking about the like I've taught, I love plain, plain rice sometimes. Oh. Oh my God, so good. But yeah. like describing with olives and avocado. Oh my God, that sounds so good too. And I'm going to probably have to eat my lunch after this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I have my second lunch, but it sounds so good. That, you know, practicing this for a while, using this as developing our own intuitive muscle to be okay. Like, okay, maybe I do want the plain rice or the plain pasta, or now I want the beautiful, colorful, veggie filled plate, how can we start to really use our body and tune in and work that? I, it's a muscle in my belief, that intuition sure. muscle, and and kind of let go and stop the second guessing and the doubting because that just freezes you. Absolutely. I like to take a two-pronged approach. So approach one is through listening to quote, listening to our body, right? But it's not just about listening. You have to be open to receiving and hearing. Then you have to listen. Then you have to implement, right? So a lot of people listen. Oh, I'm full. But then they keep eating. They're not taking action. Yeah. So start to be open to listening. How do you open yourself up to listening to a friend? Well, you have to have a phone number. Your ringer has to be on. You have to open the text before you can actually listen and read. So how can you open yourself up to your body? Perhaps it's a meditation practice or maybe it's a journaling practice or maybe it's taking three deep breaths before you step into the kitchen. You have to create space to listen. You might not fully understand what your body is saying yet, but creating the space to listen is one way. The second way is thinking about your intuition in a broader sense, not just with food and your body, right? So your connection to your higher self, the universe, source, God, your angels. Maybe it starts by seeing angel numbers and like being open to that. Yeah. Or perhaps again, it's in your meditation practice or I don't know. It's so hard to describe intuition on like that spiritual plane, but that's what we do. And that's where we go. And it's really important. And sometimes it's helpful for people to actually start there if food still feels like a scary place to practice intuition. Okay, practice it somewhere else where it's not that scary, right? So if we can do both, first of all, you're going to open yourself up intuitively, which is going to just impact the rest of your life in so many ways. And you're going to really open up that tangible channel of your body's cues with hunger, with fullness, with energy, with pain, with pleasure, all that jazz. So I like to use both at the same time. Oh my gosh. Love it. And the last part you said, it made me think of Abraham, law of attraction, because if you are so stuck in this program of, let's just say, lack I don't have enough money. I'm never going to have enough money. How am I going to do? 
you don't want to focus on the money thing or the food thing if that is where you don't feel your intuition strong. Going general or going to another area that it's stronger and you can build it in, just like you said, it's going to directly affect the other area like the food, the abundance, and start to rewire your brain energetically, but but when we're talking actual neuroscience here too, yeah. to yeah. be able to perceive differently. Because if we if we're not in the state of mind to listen, like you said, we're not the, the idea, the person, the timing that it's going to fly right by us, and we won't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that I know we're talking about so many different components and there are a lot of components here. And I don't know if you can agree, Lauren, but when you practice it and when you do the healing to release all of the BS that's blocking you from doing this, it becomes second nature. It becomes so easy. Like when I'm choosing meal, I'm not thinking, oh, like mental body, physical body, emotional body, spiritual body, what does the universe say I should eat? Like, that's not it. It just all becomes how I make decisions and how I eat. It just is. And you can get there too. And so if it feels overwhelming in the beginning, that's okay. And know that eventually it will feel so second nature. Yep. And it it literally, she's the assistant, one bite at a time, one step at a time. Yes. And For me, like making the food, it comes from such a place of love, whether it's for myself or for my family, my partner, like that's my love language is Mm -hmm. like when I'm in that energy, right? Like you are alchemizing yourself, but it's like you're putting that energy and that love into the food as you cook it. And then once you sit down with your loved ones, like breaking the bread, there's so much power in that, that the actual Yes, intuitively, what do you want to eat? But how are we eating it? And that's a whole nother freaking oh, yes. podcast within itself. But it goes back to Dr. Omoto and like blessing your food and just being thankful. I like going through each, each and every ingredient in my food. And then I like to think of who grew my food. Just like it takes like less than 20 seconds. Yeah. And then if I made the food thanking me or whoever else made the food, And it just gets you into that energy to receive. You're alchemizing Mm -hmm. whatever's in you, whatever's in the food, but also you're allowing yourself to receive those delicious nutrients that are right in front of you. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Well, on that note, um, was there anything else that you feel called that you want to share before we start to close the show down today? I just want everyone, whoever is listening, whenever you're listening to know that this, like Lauren and I are not special. This isn't something that only some people can do. You're born eating intuitively. You have the muscles in you already. You have the tools within you already. We might just need to do some excavating work to unlearn a lot of things and to dig through some things, but it's so worth it because you're eating every day, probably three times or more a day. So this is very important and it's very, very possible and meant for literally everybody. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sloan, for coming on and sharing your heart and your wisdom and being such a light and inspiration for 
all of us, and that's why I started this show, so thank you. How may we, the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude, be of service for you in return today? Mm, Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so divine and perfect. Um, Well, if it feels aligned, you can come and hang out on Instagram. I'm at Sloan Elizabeth, and I've got tons of resources and goodies there for you. And I have my podcast as well, which is the Sloan Elizabeth Show, and it's short episodes all about eating with love and intuition. So if you want more, definitely go and subscribe. Amazing. Thank you. All those links will be in the show notes for you guys. Thank you again for listening. If you guys love this episode, please share it. If you thought of a loved one, make sure to send it along because you never know what little bit of inspiration can change your life or somebody else's. And like Sloan beautifully said, take the action, follow through. Just don't get inspired. Keep on listening. So thank you so much again, Sloan, for coming on. It was such a pleasure talking with you today. Likewise. Thank you. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.